Hello, I'm Harry Stakini, and you are listening to the Staff Room Podcast, the show where each week I share anonymous stories from teachers who are overworked, underpaid, and close to a mental breakdown. So think of it as teacher therapy, as they remind us of all the troublemakers, class clowns, and the flat-out criminals we all remember from school. So join me and my guests and hear what your teachers really have to say. And we're off episode number six of the Staff Room Podcast. How's it going, everyone? Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, hope everyone's week's going well. Hope your day's going well, wherever you're listening to this. I mean, I tend to listen to my podcast while I'm driving um, or going on a walk. You know, I'm, I, I don't know, maybe you're a, you're a sociopath and you just you just put it on and then sit on the sofa and just stare at the wall. I don't know, maybe, that, maybe that's you. I'm not sure. But wherever you're listening to this, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, and if you're a first time listener, even better, because, um, yeah, it's great. It's building, you know what I mean? More people finding out about it, more people joining in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I hope everyone is doing well. I'm, uh, I'm all right. I've, uh, I've dusted off the, the verbal assault that I received last week from that little, I would say little, he was massive, um, from a chubby faced teenager. Um, for those that don't know, right, I was, I was cycling home from work one day. And um, I had Love is a Battlefield playing on my iPod. It had just come on. And just at the moment, it was getting to like the, the breakdown of the chorus. Uh, this car came reeling past me. And out of the window was this, this beanbag of a head that belonged to a kid that was clearly picked last in PE. And he roared at the top of his voice. Uh, loud enough for me to hear, bearing in mind I've got this 80s classic blaring in my ears. Gay boy, gay bike. And, um, you know, I, I just I just laughed it off. Um, I couldn't get near him because, you know, he was he was travelling at like 40 mile an hour, probably the fastest he's ever moved. Um, but, you know, I dealt with it like any normal person would. I got home and uh, I immediately told someone about the experience and had a laugh about it. You know, I, I didn't do what that young man seemed to do when he got upset, which was eat his feelings. Um, I didn't go down that path, but uh, I don't think my bike's even that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does have a little rack on the back where I can put me uh, me saddlebags. Uh, <laughs> look at me, sounding like a cowboy. I'm pretty sure they're called something else. I don't know if they're called saddlebags, but um, yeah, I felt like the gay boy comment was, uh, was in relation to the fact I had on Love is a Battlefield. But you know what? We are strong. Heartache to heartache, we stand. Um, <laughs> uh, no promises, no demands. Um, I don't know the rest, but all I know is that Love is a Battlefield. But yeah, I'm doing all right. So thank you very much uh, to everyone that showed, uh, showed concern for what happened to me. And when I mean everyone, I mean no one. Uh, <laughs> everyone that I've told has just gone, that is hilarious. And, um, you know, even now I can kind of still see this little doughy face. Of, he must have been about 14, just pasty flakes flying everywhere. As he was like, gay boy, gay bike. Yeah. I don't know, if I did that, if I put my head out the window of a car and screamed at someone on a bicycle and my mum or dad were driving, I would have got an absolute rollicking, especially if it was my dad. I reckon he would have circled back around and been like, apologise to that man immediately. Um, but yeah, I don't know, maybe that shows something more about the parenting than the uh, the doughy-faced child sat in the back of the car. But um, yeah, 
I'm all right. That's what I'm telling you. And um, today's episode is an absolute cracker. I've got a very good mate of mine on and it is the comedian James Allen. Um, I don't know why I've said the comedian James Allen. He's just a comedian. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was great having James on the show. And I've known James for a fair few years. Uh, like most people that have come onto this, it's uh, they're people that you know I'm familiar with. But me and James actually had a podcast a few years ago, which was called Two Men, Many Voices. And um, if you've not heard of it, you know, I'm not offended because uh, no one fucking listened to it. <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, we're both now doing our own thing. James is a uh, part of the Damn Daniel podcast, which is uh, has blown up over the past few months, um, featuring Dean um, Coglin and Danny Danny McLaughlin. Uh, very good podcast. Do check it out. Um, but only after you've listened to this episode with me and James Allen. All right, loyalties, I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, it was really, really good to have James on the show because he's just like an open book. I mean, for someone that I think he would definitely consider himself an anxious person, he isn't worried about oversharing or just diving into some of them toe-curling moments of his past because the first 25 minutes of this episode, um, before we even get into the story from the teacher, which is a great story. But the first 25 minutes is is mainly about James's school days because it's just got some like real in-betweener moments to it. Um, he got, you know, he got invited to like teachers' weddings, um, which I don't think is a very common thing. Um, he even speaks about kind of like the, the social issues that he had a problem with because he had a real problem trying to make friends, which he touches on within the episode. Um, also some like pretty nasty... Um, cyberbullying, I think that's probably the right term for it. But it's just interesting because the person that I know James to be, he's not a difficult person to get along with and he's a nice guy, but by the sounds of it in school, he had a pretty hard time of it, but also didn't make it um, easy for himself at times just because of, uh, I don't know, even he looks back and goes, good Lord, what was I doing? But you'll find out more about that within the episode. As well as that, James also shares a story from probably one of the roughest gigs he ever had where uh, Les Battersby from Coronation Street was in the audience. And uh, just a little pre-warning, there's going to be quite a lot of bad language in this. So, you know, if you're listening to this around kids, um, I would say get them to leave the room or you yourself, you know, leave the room. And if you're a teacher listening to this on your lunch break, uh, definitely lock the door because, um, yeah, I feel like if someone walks in and hears what we're talking about, you're probably going to get sacked. Uh, <laughs> Now, the story I got sent for this week has come in from an assistant ed teacher that was working in a school about 20 years ago and had to deal with um, a particular lad who was very challenging, uh, but was on the runabout in school and uh, they had to go and chase him down and they found a few little surprises along the way, which I will get into the details of within the episode, but not before we go through the ups and downs of James's school days, many of which were spectacular downs. Um, but I've made for entertaining listening and definitely a bit of character building. But just quickly before we get into this week's episode, I just want to say massive thank you to all the teachers that I've sent stories in because the first five episodes or the six episodes now have been great fun and all the stories have been very different. But I am starting to burn through the stories that I've been sent in. So if you're a teacher and you're listening and thinking, should I, should I not? just send it in, send a story in, you know, it's totally anonymous. So it will be our little dirty secret. Think of it that way. But um, I want to keep doing these episodes and I want to keep bringing them to you. So if you're enjoying it and you want to support the podcast and help keep it going, 
If you know a teacher, send them my way. And if you are a teacher, then what are you bloody waiting for, right? Get your fingers on your keyboard and send me an email and I will turn it into an episode for you. I've got enough in the bank at the moment to keep us going for a little bit, right? Okay, like, for, don't worry, it's not going to disappear immediately. But, um, you know, I want to I wanna get this to, like, 100 episodes. So if you're a teacher and you're listening, please send me in a story. And if you know a teacher, just send them my way, right? And if you don't know any teachers, just find your local primary school, secondary school, college and just barge in to the dean or the headmaster's office and say i'm not leaving until someone on your faculty sends an email to staffroompod at gmail.com see i don't think i'm asking for much so whatever you can do i will greatly appreciate it thank you as ever to everyone that is tuning in and uh, spreading the word because it's, it's getting bigger every week so i greatly appreciate it but let's get into this week's episode this is me james allen and an assistant ed teacher who is hot on the chase enjoy I was buzzing to have you on um, because within the podcast that me and you did, obviously, you uh, you spoke quite openly about some of your school days. And um, I, well, I, I, I tell me if I'm wrong, but um, you uh, you ruffled a few feathers, didn't you, James? Uh, I've ruffled a few feathers, kicked a few hornet's nests, <laughs> put some mouse traps down. Walked uh, through uh, the sixth form with a face mask on in this toxic environment. Oh god, mate, that was such a like. That's just that's like literally is just the tip of the iceberg of what was the Titanic of school life. Uh, the problem is, I can sort of define my school years into three chapters. So seven to nine. Uh, yeah, the the glory days. Nerd, nerdville, nerdism. Right, uh, okay. 10 to 11, wannabe hipster drama guy. Okay, uh, bit of a bit of a bit of a change there from nerd, you know. And then sick form was like cast of the in-betweeners, basically. So <laughs> all, all four of them within you. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. What uh, one would you say you're most uh similar to? Will. Without a doubt, Will. <laughs> the amount of times I was called out at school and family members and all sorts. You're a bit like Will of the Inbetweeners, aren't you? Not really, and, no. And... <laughs> uh, uh, never mind the briefcase, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah, I, think I didn't even have a briefcase. I had a Fred Perry uh, sort of thingy bag, crossover bag. Yeah, oh, was God, it was... leather? It was leather, yeah. I was, I, yeah. I've said this to many people. One of my favourite facts is, well, that you'd have to fact check it amongst the people that went from South Royal Sick Form from 2015 and 2014. But I pioneered the brogue in uh in Really? Keep that under your hat, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh so hang on, you, you you what what type of brogues are we talking? Is it like a suede canvas or is it a you know a leather? Suede canvas, get out of town. Uh <laughs> no room for suede. Uh especially during the winter months. Uh yeah. Leather, tan leather. Pattern brogue, scored, obviously, uh, or unscored if you're feeling a bit uh, daring when it's icy. Um, wore them at a teacher's wedding in 2013. Uh, and people are like, oh my God, your shoes are really cool. I was like, yeah. Hang on, how, how did you get invited to a teacher's wedding? With it? Was it a teacher at the school? Yeah, oh, yeah well, just... <laughs> <laughs> just you drag around the staff room, part yeah. of the faculty. Well, I used to subscribe to the AQA notice board. And they were like, right, uh, <laughs> 
Mr. Smith so, is getting married and he, he's, he's lacking numbers. <laughs> um, were you the only one from the school or the sixth form to get invited to said wedding? It was a group of us. It was, I was 16, so it was me, a few people. She was a drama teacher, Miss Steele. She was phenomenal, like one of my favourite teachers of all time. She was great. Uh, so it was me, a few of the drama students, and then my girlfriend at the time. I got invited to her wedding. One of the students sang at the wedding. Uh, and I remember like they threw pigeon, they threw ranks at pigeons instead of confetti, which you're not meant to do because apparently pigeons explode. Hang on, the, the, uh, what if you throw rice at pigeons? Yeah, rice and paracetamol, the latter of which I'd have to question your mental state. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. a pigeon will explode if you give it rice. Yeah, that that sounds like total bollocks. I know, that's as far as I'm willing to go with that statement. I've not done any research. (laughs) People have just told me and I've been like, yeah, I believe that. Any type of rice as well. You know, basmati takes it to another level, but a long grain is a different, you know, smaller explosion. (laughs) You know, you feel... invited to the wedding. Yeah. um, And so that's where the brogues made a debut. And then for sick form, the following, after the summer, the following uh, term, I was like, right. I've done year 11, I've progressed. This is a chance for me to reinvent myself a little bit. So I thought, why not start style-wise? Navy suits, white shirt, red tie. Boom, this guy means business. <laughs> you know, Was, hang on, did anyone else wear a suit? Yes, you had to in sick form. You had oh, to. Right, okay. Sorry, yeah, okay, should, that, yeah uh, that seems unusual. <laughs> but in sick form, they were like, we want you to dress like as if you're applying for a job every day, is what they'd say. Is he a car salesman? Is he selling windows? Does he look like he manages MK Dons? Yeah, or just on The Apprentice. Um. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Junior Apprentice. Uh, so pioneered them, and everyone was like, oh, their, sh- their shoes are really cool. I was like, yeah, it's brogues, mate, innit? Where'd you get them from? Yeah, Brantano. Never mind you. Can't sell you. Can't sell you. They um, say hush puppies. No, they don't say shh. <laughs> so um, would, you, would you say in a nutshell that you enjoyed your school days? Uh oh, yes, yes and no. In a sort of answer that you didn't want. Uh, <laughs> yes, in the way that it definitely unlocked things that have shaped who I am today. Uh, <laughs> As so, you raise your eyebrows. <laughs> uh, so, for example, like like anyone in the arts, like drama was a huge thing for me. I think without that, I would have. Uh, lacked any form of confidence building or communication skill uh so yeah because and then but then no at the same time socially i bounced around a lot of friendship groups socially uh and i was saying this to my current friends now that um i very much had to fight for myself like fight for myself basically so in year 10 the people who i have friends with we kind of just not fell out like a breakup reached our reached the end we didn't love each other anymore right and uh my friend they i knew some people in my drama class who i'm friends with now like my best mates and they sort of offered me an opportunity to jump jump ship transfer over and i sort of kind of like very not stabbed them in the back but i was like yeah i'm done time for me to move on but but surely if it was come to an end that you went with new people they can't hold that against you 
Well, they were fuming a little bit, but then in the friendship group I have now, for two years, I was treated like shit. So, <laughs> like, for example, they used to walk in formation, two, 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 banks of two. I was always at the back. Uh, my a former friend, who's not in that group anymore, he, during the two-minute silence, pushed a mini roll into my face. Hang on, two-minute um, silence of what? Just... Oh, sorry, for Remembrance Day. Right, okay, you've just said it. <laughs> we used to have a two-minute <laughs> silence as a group of friends. <laughs> yes, every day. <laughs> for the members that we'd lost from the friendship group. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he pushed a mini roll into my head and then like threw a phone at me. I went to New York and bought them back some Hershey's Kisses because I'm a nice guy. And they opened the bag and threw them around the canteen. Uh, routinely mocked in group chats. Uh, prank called. Grogged. They used to come around to my house for lunch and turn what, all the... What's a grog? Oh, a grog is... Um... Is that when your kecks are pulled down? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Also what <laughs> the orcs drink in Lord of the Rings. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, I was grogged many a time. Um, was that, hang on, because like at grogging, we never called it that. It was like you pull someone's kecks down. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we just, I don't think it There was no it, collective like, term uh, for yeah, it. Yeah, it was just you've had your pants pulled down. <laughs> the most noticeable grog came in uh, 2012 when I was grogged by a friend, inverted commas, uh, at the new Brighton Floral Pavilion. Right, and how, how did that go down? Not not well. Thankfully, the boxes didn't like show <laughs> any, uh, you know, manhood. Yeah, or lack of it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I escaped. I escaped scot free there. But yeah, I mean, I don't go. Sorry, I've painted my friends up like the horrible people. They're not. I understand that that's how they coped, and that was the sacrifice I was willing to make in order to become friends with them. Because I was worried about having no friends at school. Like my mum always worried that. Uh, I wasn't going to make friends, not in like a sort of protective way, just out of curiosity. Like at uni, she sent me loads of links about how to make friends and stuff. See, that's, I find that like bizarre because obviously I only met you through comedy, but um, you're not a difficult person to get on with. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're very confident. You're funny. I, I, I find it bizarre that you would, you would have that, you know, idea of, oh God, I, I hope people accept me. Yeah, well, I think that was setting from an early age, especially early friendship groups that form, because year seven, it took a while to kind of find a, a base friendship group. So I was really worried that I wouldn't have anyone right. to, to speak to. So I kind of was like, not please like me, but like, yeah. I'll do anything. I'll kick <laughs> over that bin. <laughs> like, Because in year nine, where I was doing that to a big friendship group, and for a while we got on really well. And then we kind of fell out. And then they, a Facebook group got made up about me that was very derogatory. And hang on, hang on. A Facebook group by who? Uh, a, a friend. I thought it was a friend at the time. Uh, that wasn't nice. Just used to slag me off and stuff. Okay, and then no, they chatted. They chatted about me on Xbox Live as well. It's a cross-platform bullying. It was horrible. To, uh, just, just to the world or in a private party. <laughs> Yeah, imagine that to some 17-year-old kid from Boston playing yeah. Call of Duty. Hey, this James Allen guy's a prick. <laughs> Fucking coward. People in, uh, you know, Quincy finding out you wear brogues. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guy doesn't wear proper shoes. Um, 
I like how you put an artificial cigarette into that character. <laughs> For an audio-based podcast. Yeah, a 17-year-old from the 1970s. <laughs> wait, wait till I tell you about my smoking days. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they did that. And then I like reported it, obviously, and got called a snitch and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, the evolution of friendship for me was very a very uh, rocky road. But I'm happy that I've got... F- I've got three best friends, well, three friends from school who I still speak to and we get on really well. And I think that's, there's four of us. And I think four is like the healthy number, I think. Anymore yeah. and that, and you know, divisions happen and stuff. Yeah. And anymore you need a round table if you go out for food. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because oh, you, you, oh. you're always going to have one person sat at the end and that is, exactly, and that's going to be the person that's leaning into the middle because they want to, you know, they want to feel, yeah. you know, like they're, they're involved. Yeah, sorry, what was that? Hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah Becky they're Henderson. <laughs> they're lumbered with all the plates and all sorts as it's oh, passed down yes. the table. So they, essentially they feel like they're working, you know, um, and that you've just brought them out to, uh, you know, help cut down on the bill. It, absolutely. I've sat on the end of tables many times and it is not a pleasant experience. That's why King Arthur had a round one. Exactly. Well, exactly. He did it right because traditionally... If you're at the head of a table, one thinks of Henry VIII, you're considered to be of yeah. importance, not me. Just all the glasses, <laughs> all the plates, horrible. Just, yeah, looking at yourself in the back of a spoon going, who am I? What what's am I going doing? on here? What, why am I here? <laughs> um, you've mentioned this in the past to me before, but was it in sixth form that the incident with the, the fake girlfriend came about? Oh... <laughs> Because I, you told me this, but I really want people that listen to this podcast to hear about the like, lengths you went to. Paint me out like a bad guy, Harry. Smear campaign. <laughs> so, in year seven, oh, it's year uh, seven. I had a really big crush on this girl. She's in my science class. Uh, and we got on about loads of things. We, got, we, so we talked about our shared love of Twilight, even though we'd never seen it. I didn't know what it was. Um, I just talked about it because I wanted to talk to her. The stuff, hopeless romantic kind of stuff, you know, because you do because you like someone. Uh, so, end of school trip, end of year school trip, we go to Chester Zoo. We hold hands around Chester Zoo. Oh, it was you, amazing. You, you and this girl held hands yeah. around Chester Zoo. Right, okay, so things are going well. Get off the bus on the way home. Boom, bombshell. Sorry, James, I'm moving school. <sighs> Oh. Like, what? What? No, you're not. You're not, though, are you? <laughs> Funny joke. No, I am moving school. Uh, I was like, oh, God. And then as a leaving present, because we held hands at the exact moment when we walked past the tiger enclosure, I bought her a plush toy tiger uh, and gave it to her, and she didn't accept it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I would at the age of 12. And then... She moved to another school, and then in year eight, everyone was like, oh, are you still talking to that girl? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'd still talk, yeah, we're going out, actually. And I was like, shit, right, you've got to, you've got to believe this now. It was like Daniel Day-Lewis rehearsing for, you know, Lincoln. <laughs> I, was, I was in the moment. And... How's it going? Yeah, it's going really well. And I carried that on for maybe about two or three weeks. And then it was like, oh, how's it going? And I was like, oh, no, we broke up. 
we went to Mackey's and she poured a, a, a milkshake on my head and said she didn't want to see me anymore. Um, isn't that from 10 Things I Hate About You? Did they pour a milkshake? Really? I, I've not seen I, that. I, I, I'm pretty sure that is a scene from that. I could be wrong, but oh. um, that sounds, you know, almost too perfect, um, which it was. And then... <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then she messaged me whilst I was on holiday. I was like, what the fuck do you think? You... Rightly so, obviously. Like, she was like, what the fuck do you think you're doing, you prick, saying that we were going out when we weren't? I was like, I'm sorry, I just really liked you. How how long after the the you saying she poured a milkshake on my head and her messaging you saying, why have you been making up lies? How how long was that time period? With, within a week. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So... Yeah, where where travels fast. It's not even my most embarrassing like one. The worst one was in year nine. Again, I fancied this girl loads. It's sort of what it's like. Uh, someone <laughs> described it to me as like um, it's called like a, a manic pixie dream girl, which is like what male writers do in rom coms. To like, so for example, it fits the male character's needs. So like. If the male character likes the Smiths, this girl likes the Smiths, and like they like every, she likes everything he likes for the plot device that they'll get together. So it's kind of like a dream girl, basically. And she, this girl, was amazing. Like we used to share headphones in ICT and like listen to the Strokes and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is this is amazing. This cottoned on to one of the school bullies, who I would like to point out for the record has a Union Jack as his profile picture. So, All right. <laughs> That's just on the record. I don't know what he does now. Maybe I think he breeds extreme bulldogs or something. Um, he was like, oh, so do you like this girl then? And we, I thought we got on really well because me and him, I did his maths work for him in exchange for not being pushed downstairs. Uh, and I was like, yeah. And he knew her. And he was like, oh, I'll, I'll say what, I'll put a good word in. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And he did. So then next week's getting on really well. She was like sitting next to me, like laughing. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I was going to ask her out. And then the maths lesson before, she like ignored me. And then she was like sort of taking the mick out of me a bit. And the guy who I sat next to in maths went, oh, yeah, basically, um, she doesn't really like you. Me and her just had a bet to see how long uh, we could keep it up until you asked her out. Jesus. I was like, oh, right. (laughs) Algebra then. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll have your paper back for you on Monday. Let's find the equation. God, that's how I made That's awful. Yeah, it was horrible. I hated that one. So school, in a nutshell, add its ups and add its downs. Yeah. I also asked someone out over Facebook and they said no. Anyway, sorry, that's... Anyway, yeah. It was ups and downs, Harry. A very steep roller coaster. Um, well, the story that I've got features um, a teacher that you wouldn't mess with, right? And uh, I don't know if you had any of them at your school. Um, and any... Did you have any, like real troublemakers because the story I've got centers around one. Um, but like I've, I've, I feel like what this person's done within this story, which we'll get to shortly. Um, I think if you did that in any school, you would go down in like, you know, the history books. Um, like there was a lad who took a shit in a soap dispenser in, um, in my school. Oh my God. Um, and that was like, you know, that was almost like everyone knew about it. But what's happened in this one, I've um, I've never, ever seen before. Just the sheer confidence of it. Um, but did you have any standouts from your school with either teachers that you didn't mess with or just moments of absolute, you know, absurdity from a, from a student? Yeah, uh, a guy called... An, I, an ICT teacher 
Okay. Uh, of mine. Uh, who we were convinced had problems. Okay. Uh, when you say problems, do you mean like, you know, he struggled with his times tables or, do you know, is it, is it drinking? I mean, alcoholism, Harry. Right. <laughs> um, because he asked a student to go in one of their drawers for a pen and the student opened the drawer and there was a packet of Marlboro Reds and then miniature Jack Daniels. Um, I thought, right, something is not right there. He was, I would not mess with him. I always tried to go on his, his good side. There was one instance where he saw two pupils pass something to one another and he just snapped. Because the problem, like he was, he seemed nice and then he could just turn on the sixpence. Right, get out of my classroom now. I do not want to see you passing drugs in my class. Get out now. Like, sir, it was a pound. <laughs> oh, 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 right. But but still, you should not be passing things around in class. I mean, he was completely mellowed down. He was a freaky character. Uh, there was a food tech teacher as well who, yeah, was really horrible. And I used to snatch the rolling pin off me and, oh, yeah, really nasty. And, I accidentally spilt red food colouring all over the place and uh, she thought it was blood. I was bleeding and uh, I got I got told off because apparently I, I staged that. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So hang on. the So the ICT, uh, ICT teacher who was an alcoholic. Oh, you've just snapped there like something's come to you. I had, an, oh, I had another maths teacher. Oh, my God. Liked to throw his weight around <laughs> and quite literally because he was large. Um, no disrespect to him but he wasn't that nice not like not like a bully which is surprising because they usually say people that are large tend to be quite bubbly Um. (laughs) bubbly this man he was he was bubbling all the time what was the opposite of a bubble I don't know yeah neither do I just a pop Uh, Uh. he he was not a bully in the traditional sense He, he wouldn't shout that much but he would often be very snipey and like add comments and stuff. And like, if you got something wrong on a mock exam, he'd like throw the paper back at you or like whack you on the head with it. Uh, and he'd like humiliate you if you got something wrong, which was just like didn't make anyone feel nice. Anyway, flash forward a few years later, he arrives at a stand up comedy club by Matt. And he goes, oh, it's James Allen, isn't it? I was like, oh, my God, it's you. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> and I felt like I was in his class again. And he was like, will you be on tonight? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, we'll be at the back with his partner. He was front and row center. <laughs> and I'm on stage doing what I do. <laughs> Literally, yeah, honestly, like, oh, does anyone remember the Honduras squad from 2009? Uh and he's on the front row, completely stone-faced, all the way through for 10 minutes, just not laughing at anything. And I was like, you're an absolute cunt. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're, you say what you want on this podcast. Um, Mate, he was, he was absolutely horrible. Um, mind you, you have, you have not had... Um, <laughs> when was the gig that uh, Les Pattersby from Coronation Street oh, mate. was in the room? I was telling my girlfriend about this when we were first speaking to one another and she worked, she worked at the pub where the gig was at. So I don't know if she worked there whilst I was gigging. I prob- no, I don't think so. But that pub is notoriously like, has a reputation, I think. So I walked in straight away, 
Bruce Jones, who plays Les Battersby <laughs> there, who, bless him, I think does have a, dr- a drink problem. He was just stood at the bar making vowel sounds. <laughs> Singing the theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, are you on tonight? I was like, yeah. He goes, fucking have a good one, son. I was like, I, 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 do you want me to phone you a taxi, Les? Because I'm really scared. <laughs> but, but bless him, he put his arm around me. Um, and did one of those things relatives do who like to impose masculinity. You know when like a relative slaps you on the back? Yeah, yeah. I ate that. Or if they had, they're like, that's not a proper handshake. And you're breaking my hand, Uncle Colin. Um, so he was there. Sorry. Anyway, to cut a long story short, he left. And then the night started. It was a ter- It's like the first person's ever gig that they set up. So it was bad. You couldn't step in front of the speakers because they'd go. Ooh. Like <laughs> the mic was terrible. There was a guy who was asleep for all of it on the front row. People on their phones. Getting to the end of the night, people just want to go home. People are drunk. So like, oh, your penultimate act, ladies and gentlemen, there's uh, James Allen. Like, yeah, I was like, hello, how are we? <laughs> <laughs> that's, where the back of... <laughs> that's where I met my nemesis. <laughs> this guy at the back of the crowd just goes, cunt, <laughs> cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Not much you can do with that, is it? <laughs> exactly. You know, if you'd have said like, your lanky twat would have been, all right, mate, let's have a cunt. <laughs> I like uh, what? Like, but two seconds. I'd literally just said hello. You heard me. You're a cunt. <laughs> and I was trying to plow through my set. I got about five minutes in. He just kept going, cunt, cunt. <laughs> and I went right. I said, I'm gonna go now because I've not come here for him to be mean to me. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, carry on, you can't. I was like, nah, that's it, I'm done. It's right, see you later. Walked off stage and he tried to high five me and I sort of like swiveled my hand under and went, nah, you can you can do one. He's like, I'm only having a laugh, mate. I'm only having a laugh. It's comedy, isn't it? And oh. that was, so, so Les Battersby, there was the one shouting that as well. <laughs> Imagine if it was. No, that's, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was. Oh, no. Right. Oh, no, it was Les had gone by then. It was just a, <laughs> he was a drunk man. <laughs> Let's had um, a panto in uh, in, in Penzance. Um, see, the thing is, I when you told me that before, I thought it was um, is it possibly the Bruce Jones? Is that his real name? Yeah, Bruce Jones. Yeah, I no. thought it was Bruce Jones that had shouted that to you. Oh and, no! And I, recently, I was watching on Netflix the Yorkshire Ripper documentary, right? And <gasps> yeah, mate, he's in it. He found one of the fucking bodies, and yeah. when he when he found it, and he was all cut up, like, oh god, I was really shook up. I thought, I bet James was as well when you fucking said that to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This but, is yeah. how I felt, Bruce, when you discovered one of the victims. Mm. You were actually praying for Peter Sutcliffe to put his hammer in your head. Put uh, <laughs> <laughs> me out, me fucking misery. <laughs> um, right. Um, oh. Well, let me get cracking with, uh, with the read for this week. Um, okay. Hello, the staff room. A long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, actually, it was 20 years ago and was about 20 miles up the road. But honestly, the school felt like it was on a different planet compared to the one I'd moved from. It was like I'd gone from eating in a beautiful restaurant with the soothing background of hum-chilled music and the gentle tinkling of cutlery on fine china to stepping into the moon underwater at 11pm, where everything was sticky, leery, and people were hanging from fake chandeliers. And after all of that, they've still written, I bloody loved it. 
which I think from, I know you've worked in schools before that if you're in a bad school, you, you definitely, you, you have got to enjoy it to some extent, you know, to keep going back in. Um, I've, I've been to places before where on day three, a member of staff was like, I didn't think you were going to come back. And it's like, well, I've got rent to pay. Um, so <laughs> I'm here. Um, yeah. The first day of any school is, is especially schools that are, um, you know, specialise in certain needs are very, very eye-opening. And I think yeah. if you can handle that, you can handle anything. You know, if I can handle someone calling me a cunt, yeah, you you can for ten uh, minutes, then yeah, you, I can conquer the world uh, and play grand duty. Because uh. <laughs> I went to a school once, and, and it was just literally a, a corridor with rooms in. It was horrible. And I walked in and went, "Good morning, fuck off." I was like, fine. <laughs> Water off a duck's back. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to ruin my day. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but you've got to have that enthusiasm. They. Uh, they've, they've said it. Um, I've been promoted to a senior post, assistant ed teacher. Uh, I know, big, big role, right? And uh, my first few weeks had been a baptism of fire. I'd been assaulted by a child, sworn at on a daily basis, and had a child take a photo up my skirt. Uh, before upskirting was even a thing. So they've not, like, they've said 20 years ago, so that's got to be early 2000s. Um, yeah. And uh, that's that's pretty bold, that, if you're trying to take a picture up a, up a teacher's skirt. Um, horrible. I know, yeah, it's awful. And um, 20 years ago as well, that's, I've, I've, I don't know what you were rocking then, but um, mine was a Motorola Pebble. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I had a phone 20 years ago. I was four. So. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'd have had one of those ones at Asda where you were... Uh, I, I would have been six. Yeah, so no, I wouldn't have had a phone by then. Um, I used to play I Snake a lot. Um, <laughs> on someone else's phone. Yeah, exactly, on my mum's phone. And those ones that, like, in Asda, you'd, like... They were phones, but they weren't real phones, obviously. But you'd push the button, and it had water in them. And you'd push and, the button uh, and push the hoop up. <laughs> and then the hoop would have to land on the ring. I don't know if you remember that. I, I, I do, mate, but um, I also okay. have a PlayStation, so... Um, oh, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there, was, there, was, there were other things to pass the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, mind you, though, that upskirting thing, uh, it's, it's shocking, but like, it doesn't surprise me that kids would try and do something as you know, intrusive as that. Um, as I was... The, a lad I went to uni with told me that a boy in his school was expelled... Uh, for, as he phrased it, accidentally on purpose putting his finger up a teacher's bum. Um, oh, my God. I know, yeah. And that's like, I don't know how you accidentally <laughs> on purpose do that. Um, but it yeah. was a music, a music teacher. Um, and I feel like, yeah, you've. I, I had a lad once kind of pat me on the bum and uh, I turned around and was just like, hey, if I did that to you, I'd get sacked. All right, so let's play fair here. Okay, you know. <laughs> that is... Don't touch me and I won't touch you. All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> When, um, when I was in year 10, uh, some, one of uh, my classmates had gotten hold of the, one of the science teacher's Facebook accounts. And, uh, found it online, you mean? Yeah, and just sent around a lot of photos of her on holiday. Wow. I've, see, I've, I've, I have heard of, uh, in recent times anyway, of kids having WhatsApp groups where they've taken pictures of the teacher within a class and passed that around. and. Uh, you're like that's that's lethal that because you know you can get turned into like a meme exactly 
and uh, yeah, not fun. I've also I did also hear once um, that so this was a teacher that was trying to break up a fight and got in between. I, I don't know if it was two lads or a girl or a boy, but the end result was um, as you say, grogged. Um, they were grogged, and uh, their everything from the waist down just came off. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I know, and I think like that's that's difficult going back into work the next day after that, isn't it? Yeah, like you're, like a hangover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Yeah, I think you'd have to have a drink after that happened anyway. You yeah, know? <laughs> you Absolutely. might you might as well um, go and speak to that ICT teacher. Can I borrow a fag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, uh, "Teaching was rather like a game of whack-a-mole." I'd go yep. in with my eyes wide open, but honestly, most days I felt like my eyes were popping out my head. There was never a dull moment. One of the roles of being SLT was being on call and going to support other teachers when behaviour of students was just too much and was just disrupting lessons. I was on call a lot. On this one particular day, I got a call to go out to locate a particularly challenging student who had walked out of a lesson after causing absolute chaos, right? And they've not specified what this chaos is, um, but as this goes on, I feel like it's got to be pretty bad because, yeah. Um, but they've said their MO was to just wreak havoc, drop the mic, and then and then leave, um, which, uh, you know, is similar to you at, a J, you at a gig, James, you know what I mean? You yeah. Just, just step on there, let off your dime. Channel my inner Alex Turner. <laughs> <laughs> and then out out the door um so this student they've said uh, he could also be quite aggressive so it was always recommended that two adults play hide and seek with him and be used as backup when called upon now i've seen this quite a bit where teachers have been like hiding almost like surveillance teams and then just popped out of a display board to grab hold of someone and the, the kid's almost like I, I didn't even know you were there um but yeah the classic classic uh, technique um so off I went to go and get one of my colleagues who was a no-nonsense diamond who had worked with the most challenging kids and worked absolute fucking miracles with them. She was my go-to person because absolutely nothing threw her. Now, I can think of quite a few teachers um, that I've seen that are similar to this, but um, when I when I read this, I, I couldn't help but think of like, I had like a female Ray Winston in my head. You know what I mean? Like the only teacher that you would see doing playground duty with a leather jacket and sunglasses. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just shutting down kids, catching balls also, and popping them. But then also giving the kids the best odds on the Crystal Palace game the following weekend. <laughs> yeah, betting playing there. Um, they've said, uh, but that was all about to change. Right, the school building had plenty of hiding places and was really good for playing chase. There was a lot of alternative routes, staircases and external rat runs for kids to use. We started outside in the hollowed out bushes that the kids often used to have a crafty sig. The bush often looked like it was on fire. Um, <laughs> so he wasn't anywhere to be found. So we went back into the building and searched the obvious places and then headed into the dark depths of the PE corridor. And that's when we spotted the first clue, or rather we smelt it. The unmistakable aroma, a warm, freshly laid turd, just visible in the shadows of the stairwell. Yes, you've guessed it. Our scarlet pimpernipple. Pimpernipple? Pimpernel. Pimpernel. Um, thanks for being on the podcast, James. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our scarlet pimpernel was leaving us helpful breadcrumbs, in a manner of speaking, to lead us to him. We literally followed a pathway of poo to the point where he was located, hiding under a different stairwell. 
To this day, I cannot remember how the conversation went when we finally caught up with him. However, what the actual fuck was playing on a loop in my head, walking along the corridor when we found him. Although I do remember that he gave zero shits about the fact that he'd done multiple shits in the corridor, pun intended. Now, it was in the days before schools had CCTV along every corridor. And to be honest, I'm deeply grateful for that because I'm not sure I could have coped with having to watch 20 minutes of video of me laddo dropping his kecks and curling out tiny turds. Now, um, it was it was almost like, not frowned upon, but it wasn't cool to be known to have been having a poo at school. No, and I have pooed when I was in school, I, when, in, especially sick form. Uh, where I would often not sleep in the evening, just plow on through to the morning, and then sort of fall asleep at lunchtime. And so my bowels were everywhere. Uh, there was a minefield, so I just happily poo in school when I was in sick form. If they, if you people found that out about you in in especially year nine, the hormonal years, you'd you'd I'd like. Yeah, effigies burned of you. Yeah, you'd be you'd be like Mussolini dragged through the town. Uh, while people ne- threw <clears throat> stuff at you. It never really bothered me to be honest. I was never like precious about it, but I do know that it was taboo to um to go to the loo in uh in high school for a number two, especially. My friend, one of my best friends, Barnaby, has a cracking story of when he was uh he was in primary school and the teacher could smell shit. <laughs> and <laughs> Like, right, who who's shit themselves? And everyone stood up. And the kid next to Barnaby stood up and then a, a poo just sort of rolled out of his trouser leg and then presented <laughs> itself onto the carpet. Like a drug bust. I haven't got anything on me. He's literally, yeah. <laughs> just Um That's uh so like it fully intact as well. Yeah, it just it just like rolled out. <laughs> I've I've never pooed myself. I've pooed myself not in school. But I I was on uh oh, IBS medication in right. year nine. Wow. Because my bowels are a bit shaky. Uh yeah. a bit like your social circles around that time, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they all bled into each other. I, <laughs> I had to hand in a note to the German teacher every because it was every German lesson every Thursday, I'd have to go out and take it. Now, German teacher was like the kid's favorite because he looked like he was like sort of cool, had a joke, a bit of a laugh. He read the note. James needs to be excused from a lesson at half twelve for his. And he read the note and started laughing. He was in, <laughs> in front of the class. All the kids were going like, "Sir, what's going on? What? What is it? What's up?" He goes, "I can't tell you. Can't tell you. I have to go to half twelve. I have to go out, take my medication. I come back in." As soon as I come back in, bit of silence, the whole class stand up, point at me and go, Shiza, Shiza, Shiza. <laughs> no, horrible. That, um, but it's, it's, it's a bit funny though. You, you wouldn't share that with the class, but may, maybe you felt that you, uh, you know, you, you could withstand that. Well, I got out of it. Voss is my Lieblings football manshaft. So if anything, it, it probably did do me some favours, but oh, it's hor- absolutely horrible. I also weed myself in primary school as well, which isn't nice. I, I think I think weeding yourself, there's more the idea of being wet, you know, as if like you can wipe away your number two, but being being wet is, is not a nice feeling. And no. It, yeah. 
And I off, I will, I'm in the camp that piss smells worse than shit. Um, I don't know about that. You don't reckon? Um, I can no. tolerate shit, but I can't tolerate piss. Well, if you think about this, the, within this, the teachers said that they got the the unmistakable aroma of a warm, freshly laid turd. Um, right, definitely is unmistakable. You know what I mean? Like you never, you never query, do you? Like, does that smell like shit? Either it smells horrible, or can you smell shit? <laughs> That's that tends to be how it goes. You know, there's no there's no middle ground. Um, the stories continued. They said um, the student was subsequently excluded, as to be expected. Um, he only had a few weeks left at this point. He was in year 11 and his exams were coming up. So in those, actually, I, when I read it first time around, I thought this was going to be like a young child. But the fact this is a 15-year-old, possibly 16-year-old, that is pooing in the corridor. Um, that's what I mean about the confidence to, if, if, if that's what you're, you're doing, never mind what you do in a classroom, it says he just wreaks havoc and then leaves. Um, yeah. He quite literally reeks havoc. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I was surprised when they said year 11. So um, in those remaining weeks, there were further escapades with Sergeant Shit, as he was nicknamed by me, um, including him climbing on the school roof and announcing he was super, Superman and that he could fly. Uh, I do remember thinking in that moment and for a while afterwards, what have I done? Why the fuck did I choose to come here when I could have been sat at my old school just getting on with the simple act of teaching. However, there was actually no question. I loved that school and lived and breathed it for well over a decade. Well, I can bet you one thing, I guarantee you weren't breathing as you went down that PE corridor. <laughs> well, if he said he was if he said he was Superman, obviously if you've got to go, you've got to go. I remember I went to the toilet in 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 my school, in my high school, and I used the urinal, and in the urinal next to me was a, a fully-fledged turd. And I thought, well, you've gotten this far. <laughs> Why would you not just use the toilet? Um, well, you know, if, if you did that in the 90s, you'd be hailed as, like, one of the great artists. <laughs> define the system. Having, define the system having a shit in the urinal. That's horrible. That's, you're quite exposed as well, doing that. In a, you know, exactly. You've not got a door, have you? It's just... Yeah, and you're... You're bent over, so you've got. A, you can't really. Uh, that, that would be a two-man two operation. Someone watching the door. Absolutely. Definitely. Where'd you put the toilet paper? Yeah, we're going to do this together, me and me mate. But we're just going to promise that we don't make eye contact while doing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that would be uh, that would be your disclosure agreement. Um, they they've they've continued and says. Um, as for where he is now, I believe he has gone into the trades and is doing something with building. Um, I hope that he's doing okay, and I'm forever grateful for the contribution he made to both my ability to deal with shit physically and metaphorically. Because, <laughs> <laughs> and because this is one of my favourite stories from my career as a teacher. So I like the fact the teacher's got a good sense of humour about this. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, hopes that the person's doing well. But I feel as if if you're year 11 and you're shitting in a corridor and climbing on the roof, um, I, I can't imagine people would be expecting big things from you. But you never know. You know, he could, he could, who, who knows what Jeff Bezos was like yeah. at school. You know, he could have exactly. been, could have been a tearaway. Yeah, he pissed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Bezos. Bezos just pissed yeah. everywhere. Bedwetter. Yeah, Oh, getting called a bedwetter. Oh, that's horrible. Um, Did you ever get called anything at school? Like, 
Yeah, well, my uh, I've got quite a square head, and it's quite large as well. Um, right. So uh, I used to get called Cube because um, I've got obviously square head, and um, I just embraced it. Like I, it was mainly my mates that said it, and uh, I got it on the back of a football shirt. Um, I used to go football training with that on number eleven Cube. Um, but no, I never really got. I remember one time one of the lads on the football team saying to me, um, I, he was basically giving grief to someone, and he said, "I don't." It's, I wouldn't do it to you because I know you'd say something back to me. But like, it, it wasn't like they were a malicious person. It was more like a backhanded compliment of going, You're, you, you know, you will, you will make me look silly. And that's not me saying I've got buckets of wit. But I think because, and I'm credit to my dad on this, my dad spoke to me like I was a 45-year-old man from the age of nine. Uh, right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like another lad said to me, you've got very thick skin, you, Harry. And I, I think I can laugh at myself, so I don't I don't really get flustered by things. So I think most of the time people tend to call someone a name and repeatedly do it if they know they're going to get a rise out of the person. Um, as if you just take ownership of it and, you know, give as good as you get, so to speak. Um, you don't tend to get much um, shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, they got, see, I had very thin skin. Um, right. But that... that, so- that but I, I, yeah, I find that surprising though when how open you can be about your blunders. That's true. I suppose, yeah, but now with the benefit of hindsight, I was like, you probably were a bit of a dickhead. But at the time, I was like, oh, James, you four right twat. Fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I tell, tell kids that I've worked with, like, you need to, you need to be able to laugh at yourself. Um, and because, you know, it's, it's, there's loads of people that, can give it and can't take it. And that's like one of the worst things when you've got a kid who's a bit of a gobshite and happily will, you know, be the leader of the pack and point out other people to ridicule. But as soon as it's turned back on them and they're whinging, like that, I tell you what, that's one thing that mm. I, I, I really gets me is if a kid is a whinger, right? Because like a whiny kid, oh my Lord. Because if, you, if, you, if you're a whiner or a sulker, they're like the two, for me anyway, two of the most, degrading things you can be called by someone or be known mm-hmm. as um because I, I, I the idea of someone going stop sulking oh my god you know what i mean you my dad used to say it to me when i was a kid even if i wasn't sulking and then i'd snap out and be like i'm, I'm not sulking and he'd be like well now you're whining and i'd be like oh oh yes i can't win my friends used to do that to me like if i retaliated but don't cry james like, i'm not well i'm not crying am i I'm not crying. That's stupid. I'm not. Well, if, if, if I was crying, there'd be tears coming out of my eyes, wouldn't there? I'm not crying. You won't do it. Then eventually, I would be tearing up. <laughs> but that's it. I've, I've seen it loads of where you know the kid that's kind of got the loudest mouth um, tends to have the thinnest skin because they're like, if I'm big and boisterous, no one will come near me. Yeah, that's true. That's what. And also, yeah. It, and plus, you've got to. You have got to dish it out. To yeah, take it. I mean, that's just like a normal like well no not normal not like workplace bullying obviously but like <laughs> but no but the idea that in school kids tease as like this lad here who's shitting in a corridor if he is booting off on the fact that when he's back in school someone goes you know um takes the mick out the fact he's doing that um yeah then you know well don't bite off more than you can chew mate yeah exactly i wouldn't mess with him if you shout at him well i will poo on the floor because there was like there was a kid in our school who was nicknamed Spooner, 
and I feel like this is this is a lot of like anal references within this episode. So I apologise for anyone that's the first time listening and thinking this. I thought this was just about like sharing stories from teachers, but there was <laughs> a lad who was uh, known as Spooner because he apparently put a spoon up his bum. I can't imagine it was true, but like if that was said to him, you know, it would be like uh, a German Shepherd just going absolutely mad behind a you know a little chain link fence to you, um, and and people used to do it because it was just it would just wind him up. And I think as soon as yeah. you start showing that it's bothering you, that's when you're in trouble. If that sticks for life, that's hor- horrible. Because there was a guy, when I was in year seven, there was a lad who a rumor went round that he didn't wipe his ass. And for me, that's the word. That's like horrible. And even though I probably, I don't think that's true, but there's always a part of me that goes, oh, yeah. And I know his name. I, I know the guy's name. And I often think at a high school reunion, if we all met up, I'd be like, oh, there's Craig. There's yeah. Tim and there's um still not there's wiping. a guy who doesn't wipe his ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's Andrex. Hey. Is, is that what you used to call him? No, he, well, there was also a rumour that he he eventually did wipe it, but he took his sock off on DV and had to wipe it with a sock. So of all the times that he needed to do it was on a Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah, and he used he used one of his socks. Um, if anything, he is, you know, utilising his surroundings there because you are you are <laughs> limited to what you what you've got. To use exactly, that's very much a Bear grills adapter. It was, die. it was either that or the wrapper of a pot noodle. <laughs> um, but no, I never, I never really got any any teasing um, or like. I, well, I never thought I had any nasty name calling. People might have said stuff behind me back, but um, yeah, Squarehead and Cube were the two that um, I used to get. But it All never right. really, never really bothered. Oh, me. lucky you, mate! Lucky like, you. Were, were, were you were you drilled? Uh, glasses I had a mullet in my early years uh, not a lot of mullet nicknames but just like sort of Jemima instead of James uh, twat uh, <laughs> big emphasis on that one there as well uh, specky Lebron frames that's really very work. good uh, Lenzel Washington uh, no, I'm joking. That that wasn't one, but LeBron frames was. Um, <laughs> I like that. You shit. You're all shit. You're you're a twat. Fuck off. You prick. Uh, gay bod. You're a gay bod. You're a gay boy. Yeah, that was that was a big thing when it like people would throw that around all the time. Yeah, still. just casual homophobia. Like, ugh. take a look at yourself, guys. Because your dad has paint on his jeans. Uh, <laughs> so, no, sorry, that's, that's <laughs> no context to that. Yeah, no, no, uh, no. I'm not saying that it's a parental thing, but I am kind of saying that it is a parental thing. Right. Okay. So if you're the son of a decorator, <laughs> you'd be bound to be homophobic. <laughs> uh, you can't paint over the cracks, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look at that that was uh that was mate that I was, was, I was seamless please please <laughs> with that pun um <laughs> so out of this story whose side much like you... my trousers when i got grogged seamless sorry carry on <laughs> um <laughs> after I'm, I'm kind of like adding into these i'm basically adding into the episodes a student or the teacher right so after hearing what you've heard there about this student whose side are you on the student or the teacher for me before you answer it 
I'm going to go with the student purely for the fact the confidence to do that because I don't know what he's done in the classroom, but to then leave the room and decide, well, I'm going to take a poo as I go, multiple poos, might I add, as I go down a corridor is um, it's just, like, it's beyond reckoning. The fact he left an Easter egg trail of poos, uh, I think, I think, you know, have you had those moments where You'll go on. A, you'll carry on about your day, and all of a sudden you go, "Oh, remember that thing you did in year five? Like I think, right? And that it is sends gonna, a shudder gonna, through you. Yeah, right. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Like, you remember when you performed in Brinkley and Glazius? I'll be your hero to Sophie Beckinsale. Um, <laughs> imagine, imagine if these kids go to that school and the legend exactly. has, has been passed down to them, and yeah. they're almost like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's their dad is the guy that." Yeah, you're yeah, the one that shits at uh, collection time. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My dad was a shitter. His dad before him was a shitter. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm a shitter. That is, yeah, I've, I've got, I'm going to err on signs on the, on the teacher's side here, purely because the embarrassment thing of like having to rem- remember that when you're older and being like, why the fuck did I poo on some stairs? And also for a teacher, that's not a nice... I think as a teacher, you can handle... You can handle if someone's being bullied, if someone's acting aggressively or having bad behaviour. But it kicks up another notch if you're having to deal with faecal matter that has deposited from their body and is being dotted around premises. That is a whole other level that I am, would never be willing to do. So, so respect you, you, to the you, teachers who are putting up with that. Okay. I mean, don't worry, the rebellious nature, sure. I'm prob- I mean, that's probably a sign of old age now that I wouldn't advocate such a rebellious act. If I was 16, I'd be like, yeah, shit, wherever you want, mate. Well, but- I, I don't advocate it. I'm just impressed by the confidence to do it. Right. That's, that's my... Because, put it this way, he's, he's excluded. So there would have had to be a phone call home. And you've worked in schools, and I imagine you've made phone calls home, as I have many a times, to, to after say yeah you need to come in he's he's been excluded um yeah 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 why is that um well he's done um, was it one um, let me just double check yeah i can confirm seven shits down the (laughs) corridor in various locations so yeah you need you need to come and pick him up and oh he's always Um, like that (laughs) only seven (laughs) (laughs) he must be having an off day (laughs) um i just I, i i can't imagine what the response would have been. Because um, that's just an awkward, awkward position to... Yeah. Having no. to phone up and say your son or daughter has has defecated but everywhere. Not out of, not, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just out of protest. Um, oh, I'm really sorry. Where? every Literally everywhere. Yeah. It's has... uh, the PE corridor. Oh, that's a shame. He loves PE. I don't know why he's doing that. Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's Never mind the fact he's in the PE corridor. It's just the fact he's, he's shit everywhere. Um, can you please come and collect him? Yeah, I was just a really big fan of Gary Lineker from when he when he shat himself on the pitch. Yeah, um, oh. but he's a uh, where where is he at the moment? Oh, he's just in the playground. The caretakers yeah. washing him down with a pressure washer. All right, okay. I'll, he uh, bloody hates bathrooms. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you could just come and collect him, he'll be at reception. We've wrapped him in a in a curtain from a <laughs> from an old. That's classroom. always bad. That's always bad if if like I have shit myself and the exchange into 
different items of clothing is really a I had to fashion boxes out of a hoodie once when I shat myself. I've got hang on boxes out of a hoodie. So obviously uh, legs went into the arms. Yeah, and then um, hang on. Did, did did you then put trousers over the top of that? Oh no, it was a bit like a sort of uh, makeshift nappy. So the hood acted as a flap that I could tuck in. Yeah, but if you're wearing you've got if you're wearing boxes, you must be you must have put something over the top. Yeah, I wrapped it around my legs and then put it through the middle. Nice. Uh, when I was at the Crocky Trail. Oh, mate, I know Crocky Trail. Yeah. If you go, some, my fossilised shit from 2008 might be there. <laughs> um, and then, so how did it come out? Were you just having too much fun? I, I needed to go. And I when I was, this is probably what triggered my IBS. It's non-existent <laughs> anymore. My IBS has been dormant since 2011. Uh, but... When I needed to go, I needed to go, and there was no stopping me. Uh, I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Literally uh, having a... <laughs> so I would find the nearest, yeah, and just... It, oh, it went everywhere. It was horrible. <laughs> the, the fact you paused then, I felt like you just pictured that in your head and it almost had to shake it away. Well, like, I'm, oh, I'm picturing oh. my uncle's uncle's face of disgust and the fact that every family party since he, he he won't speak to me for more than two minutes because of that incident that is would, his vietnam uh but that's so I, was your was your uncle there with you at the time yeah was it his hoodie <laughs> uh, no it was my hoodie as well it was but if it was his then set it on fire but every time i see him he's like hi you okay yep see you later that's uh um... like, look let's just talk about what happened <laughs> i had to go yeah, and so do I now. I've got to go and pick the kids up, so I'll see you in a bit, mate. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you've, you've shared a lot on this, James. I know. I feel bad. I know. It's got <laughs> Piers Morgan's life stories. <laughs> As ever, you are a fountain of, um, I wouldn't say cringiness. It's just, I find it remarkable considering how the person I know you to be, <laughs> that you were anything like that. Yeah. Oh, you're so, you're so chilled. <laughs> Sit down and let me tell you about 2012. <laughs> um, let people know where they can follow you because some of the pictures you put up of your past um, are, <laughs> good Lord, they are spectacular. Oh, thank you, mate. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JamesAllen27. You can follow me on Instagram, James.Allen27. Uh, you can add me on Facebook. If we don't know each other, I won't accept. Um, <laughs> but... You can also follow the podcast I'm on at Dan Daniel Pod on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and Dan Daniel Podcast on Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sweet, sweet. Um, thanks for coming on, mate. Thank you. So this has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for having me. I told you, didn't I? He's an open book, James Allen, sharing. All them wonderful moments from his school days. And I'm definitely going to get him back on in the future because we didn't even get into the fact that James himself has, has worked in quite a few schools. And um, yeah, I'd, I, I know for a fact he's got some stories up his sleeve. So I will get him back on in the future and we can dive back into a few of them. But great to have him on. Really enjoyed that. And uh, massive thank you to the teacher that sent that in. God, no, I know you said he, that kid that was doing all the poos has gone into the building trade, but... Um, I don't know, I wonder what he's doing like right this very second. Um, you know, I wonder how his lockdown's been. Maybe he's found it that stressful, he's just started shitting around different areas of the house. 
I don't know. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> every time I get a story sent in and uh, they're referencing a certain kid, I always tend to think, I wonder what they're doing, like how, how their 2020 was, you know, and now, you know, what does 2021 look like for them? But I don't know. If you're listening, pal, get in touch and let me know. That would be fantastic. Um, next week, I have... Callum Oakley coming on and um, really excited to have him on. Callum is a great comedian. Um, he was 16 when he first started doing comedy and first appeared on Britain's Got Talent. Uh, made it to the semi-finals to get beaten by the dog Pudsey. Um, I think it's Pudsey. I don't know. Callum will tell you about it in next week's episode. But we're going to be going over a story, which is a nice fun one, about a lad who turned up a little bit late to a science lesson um, with a valid excuse, but still... You know, something that you wouldn't want to share with your teacher. Um, but yeah, thank you very much to everyone that tuned in and uh, I'll see you all next week. So until next time, look after yourselves and take it easy. Room podcast is produced by Harry Stakini, artwork by Poppy Spinks, and soundtrack by James McGraw.